Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. What's going on, everyone? Welcome to the newest episode of Scoring Long. I'm your host, Zach Neal. We had the Oregon Spring Game today. Uh, it was a bright, beautiful day out in an Austin Stadium. Estimated 45,000 fans in attendance. Uh, a lot of takeaways to come away from uh, from that game. It was uh, technically a 23-20 to win from the green team led by Bo Nix. Um, Knicks looked good. Ty Thompson, the quarterback for the yellow team, looked good. Defense looked good. Offense showed some some real improvement. Um, a really, really a lot of things to talk about. It was a, a good day to be a duck. So um, I just wanted to hop on tonight. You know, we've got a, we've got someone coming on, a special guest coming on on Tuesday. I think Tuesday morning we'll release that episode. So uh, we're gonna dive deep into the spring game and what we saw and kind of kind of what we're going to see going forward from the Ducks, but I just want to hop on real quick tonight after the game to give you some of my biggest takeaways. So, so uh, thank you for listening. Let's get into it. It is Saturday night, about 8.30 p.m. I just got back from Alton Stadium a couple hours ago. been writing about some biggest takeaways and some of the biggest storylines to come out of the spring game. All in all, I think it was a really good day. I think uh, as an Oregon fan, you're pretty happy with what you saw. Um, the number one thing is there there didn't seem to be any major injuries. I know that uh, Dante Manning and um, I believe it was one other player, I think it was Kyrie Jackson, got a little bit banged up at some point, but they came back in the game later in the later in the game, so... I think the the number one thing you want to leave every spring game with is the fact that there was no major injuries to any of the players that were playing, and uh, you got that today from from the Ducks. Um, I've got several takeaways from this game. Um, I wrote a piece up on DucksWire that goes really in-depth about seven takeaways. Um, I'm not going to get into all of them, but there's a, a few things on the top that I, I think we should definitely talk about, um, some of the things that, I just, that I'm really thinking about coming away from this game. The first one is Ty Thompson. Um, I think that... Ty Thompson is one of the guys that had probably the most to prove of anyone on the roster going into the spring game because, you know, it feels weird to say that of a backup quarterback because, you know, whether he's good or not doesn't really mean too much for this team in the interim. But going forward and looking ahead, if we left Saturday without really seeing something from Thompson and knowing that he's capable, you know, down the road, he's projected to be, you know, penciled in to be the the 2024 starting quarterback. Um, if he didn't really show something this year, he hasn't really shown much in the past either. But if he didn't leave Saturday, kind of knowing that there was something there, I think that fans might have a little bit of worries and, you know, a little bit of trouble seeing the future under his tutelage going forward. Uh, early on in this game, it didn't look great. I mean, we're gonna we're gonna get into his whole performance, but man, through that full first quarter, most of the second quarter too, it did not look good at all. I was I made a joke to some of the guys up at the press box with me that you know, how early does that twenty twenty four transfer portal QB market open, and when can the Ducks start looking? Because you know, once Bo Nix leaves, it looked like, you know, Oregon was going to need to find a different quarterback other than Ty Thompson because he was just really struggling early on. He completed one of his first eight passes, and that one completion was a, you know, a little shovel pass, I think, pitch kind of right in front of him to a receiver that was motioning across the across the formation. So um, I don't even know if you want to count that as completion, but 
but it was, you know, it was tough going early on. And uh, but credit to Ty Thompson, he really he settled into the game and he turned things around. Um, after he started out one for eight, like I said, I believe he, I've got the number here. Let me pull it up. He finished going fifteen for twenty six over his next twenty six passes for over two hundred fifty yards. Finished the day 16 for 34 with 274 yards and two touchdowns. Um, he had a really a couple of really nice deep balls, one to Chris Hudson. Um, had a nice touchdown to Chris Hudson at the end of the last play of the game. Uh, it was just really impressive to see him kind of settle in and absolutely actually just run the offense and and be have accurate passes and make good decisions. I mean, one of the one of the worst things, it was the very first play of the game. Thompson was the the quarterback for the first drive. And, you know, his very first pass could have easily been a pick six to Mace Funa going the other way. He kind of just, he predetermined the receiver he was going to throw to. It was a little, I believe it was a, a running back or a slot receiver on the left side. He just, he snapped the ball and just threw a quick screen to him. And Mace Funa read the play well. He jumped it and, and almost took a six. He, he didn't end up getting the pick. But it was one of those things where if he, if he hadn't predetermined that route and predetermined that he was throwing to that receiver, it's something where you could see that, oh, this linebacker's right here. He's he's about to, to pick this off. I'm going to go somewhere else and actually go through my progressions. But, um, you know, like I said, I don't want to belabor the point. Early on, it, it didn't look great for Thompson. But in the end, I think that he was probably one of the bigger winners of the day for Oregon because he did settle in. And he showed that, yes, there's still a lot of progress to be made. He still needs to get more consistent and more accurate and stop having these little mental errors here and there. But, you know, he weathered the storm, and he did come back, and he ended up having the most passing yards of any quarterback today. I mean, Nix didn't throw as many attempts as him, but he still, I mean, I don't, I'm not going to say he looked better than Bo Nix, because uh, Bo Nix had a great day, too, and, and Bo Nix is Bo Nix. He's, he's everything you want in a quarterback, but I don't know. Going forward, I... Uh, I'm not ready to write off Ty Thompson yet. I know there was there was times early in the game today where I was definitely ready to say, "All right, this is this is enough that we've seen from number 13. We can we can move on and and think that Oregon needs to find a new quarterback for next year." But I don't know. He's got the talent. He's got the arm. If he we've said it a million times before, if he can get that accuracy down and get some of that decision making down, I think there's really something there. But it's just we we're gonna have to see it. But Luckily for him, luckily for Oregon fans, we won't need to see that until uh, until next year at the earliest, unless, uh, God forbid, knock on wood, something happens to Bo Nix this year. But, you know, we we saw today and we've seen before that he's got the talent to, to hold up if called upon. We just need to see the, de- the decision-making get a little bit better. One of my other biggest winners of the day was true freshman defensive back Cole Martin. Um, this kid had a, he had a really, really nice day. Um, he was playing mostly in the nickel safety spots and played a little bit on special teams returning punts. He almost had a, a interception on Ty Thompson, but actually it was on a third and long that got the defense off the field. It was a really nice play. He made a break on a, I think it was an outbreaking route and just kind of read it and jumped the coverage and, and almost came away with the interception that could have been a touchdown if he got it. And he had some room in front of him to run. He had a couple other, he had, I think one big hit. I forget who the running back was. I think it might've been Bucky Irving, but running out in space, he made a really nice tackle in space and, and really laid a hat on Irving or whoever the running back was. That was impressive. And then he had the longest punt return of the day with 29 yards where 
Um, it was interesting because special teams, I mean, they were playing to the whistle. They were not playing, you know, tackle. They weren't bringing them down. So it kind of looked early on that some of the defenders might have given up on the play and not really brought him down because they weren't tackling him. But he made a move, got out of traffic, and then, you know, he was off to the races. And the play was eventually blown dead once I think it was, you know, the kicker or someone that touched him. And he was, you know, blown dead there. But it, you know, if we were playing live, it could have, you know, it could have gone for a long way. It could have gone for a touchdown. So I was just really impressed by Cole. If we were talking about true freshmen who really, you know, made their mark on this game and kind of announced themselves. I think Cole Martin is up there near the top of the list because, you know, he had three tackles on the day. He was, I think, third most in tackles. And he was out there a lot. He was playing a lot. Of course, you expect that in spring games. You want a lot of you young guys to see the field. But um, I was just really impressed. I could see once we get to the fall, I would not be at all shocked if Cole Martin kind of found himself in the rotation. And he ended up seeing, like, a lot of the fields for the defense. He's one of those players that... You know, Lanning has always said, if you're good enough, you're old enough. And just because he's 18 years old right now and a true freshman, he knows what he's doing. And he is, you know, he's a coach's kid. He's the kind of the son of coach Demetrius Martin. So he's grown up kind of knowing how to play football and how to play it the right way. And he's had really good coaching his whole life. I know coach Mead is one of the best coaches on this team. So um, again, just I'll say it again, really impressed with Cole Martin. Love what I see from him. I think that he's going to, going to end up being a, a fan favorite over his years in Oregon because he plays hard. He's got a great personality and he's just, he's been a lot of fun to watch. If you've listened to this podcast a lot in the past, you know that one of the players that I was uh, most excited to watch on Saturday was wide receiver Tez Johnson. I've talked about him a lot throughout spring, um, a lot leading up to the spring game. He's been creating so much buzz in practice over the past month or so in spring practice that, you know, the the stories of what you hear him doing in practice and um, just the dynamicism that he brings to this team and the skill set that he brings and um, the fact that, you know, there aren't really other players on this roster or wide receivers on this roster that have the talents that he has and the quickness and the versatility and, um, you know, just the agility that ha- that he has at that wide receiver spot. It was really intriguing, and I just I couldn't wait to see it with my own eyes and not not get secondhand information from people that were seeing it in practice, but you know see what he could really do with my own eyes. And he absolutely did not disappoint on Saturday. He had probably the highlight of the day, a sixty-three yard touchdown from Ty Thompson. You know that um, it was a, a six-yard little hitch route over the middle that Thompson found him on, and then the Johnson was off to the races. He made. Couple guys miss. He made Evan Williams kind of dive into air. He just left him com- completely whiffed him over the over the middle of the field, and then down the sideline he had a really nice you know stop and go to get Cole Martin diving out of bounds trying to tackle him too as he kind of just waltzed into the end zone. So um, if you have not seen that highlight yet, I encourage you to go find it. We've got it up on Duckswire. You can also find it on social media on Twitter somewhere if you're so inclined. So. Um, I was really impressed with with Johnson. He finished the day with, let's see, Tez Johnson had only three catches for 78 yards and a touchdown. It felt like he had a little bit more, but um, again, he's just, he's such a dynamic player. And I was just, I was really impressed watching him because again, he has that skill set and he, uh, he just has an ability to, like Will Stein's always said, if you get those guys the ball in space and just let them go to work, 
Tez feels like a guy that can, you know, really, really hurt a defense in that scenario. So uh, they've got a really, really good player in Johnson. I can't wait to see how involved he is in this offense once we get down to the fall. Um, I think he will likely be a starter. I don't really think you can keep him off the field too much, especially after what we saw today. So um, again, I went in with high hopes for Johnson. Uh, Really excited to see what he could give us, and he really did not disappoint. One of the things that we've talked about a lot this spring and kind of leading up to the spring game is the linebacking core and how, you know, I think they they could stand to add a player or two via the transfer portal. I think that there's really talented players in that linebacker group. I, I really like what you've got in Bossa. I like what you've got in Justin Jacobs. I like Jamal Hill. I think we should talk about him. He looked really good today, had a couple of really nice plays out in open space. So he looks good coming down from that safety position and playing as a linebacker. And then I was really excited to see what they had in Devin Jackson as well, a redshirt freshman who uh, was a really highly rated recruit coming in last year but didn't get to play at all. So far in the spring game, those guys looked good. I mean, Bossa led the way with five tackles. Devin Jackson also had five tackles. Jamal Hill had four tackles. Um, Bryce Betcher actually looked really good. I know he's kind of a defensive back slash linebacker, but um, he looked really good with three tackles. I thought it was impressive. I think that that you had, I know it wasn't a a super run heavy game and a game where you're going to have linebackers thrive, but um, I'm I'm excited to go back. I've got the game recorded and go back and watch it again and really break down how the linebackers play and how they looked in coverage, how they looked in in run stops and and uh, just keeping to their assignments and knowing what to do because that was an issue with last year with last year's defense. The the linebackers just kind of seemed out of position at times, so. Um, I know year two in a scheme is going to be a little bit different. You're gonna you're gonna know where to go a little bit more, and like we've said all year, they're all spring. They've got the talent at the position. They may need another piece or two just to you know calm some some fears about depth and in case someone gets injured. I wouldn't be surprised to see if they added a linebacker via the portal. But uh, coming away from the spring game, I'm I'm encouraged. I'm I really like the uh, the pieces that they've got at that position, and I think that they're they're really talented there. So. Um, I think that Oregon's defense is going to have a really good year. I think we saw that again. Uh, well, I shouldn't say again. We saw that in the spring game that the defense looked good. The secondary looked really physical. They were uh, they were sticking to their receivers, looked really good in coverage. Um, and, and like I said, the linebackers looked good. Defensive line, it's kind of tough to judge how they play in a spring game because, you know, they got after the quarterback a little bit, but you're you know you're not touching the quarterback in a spring game. So you can say that they would have bottled him up and sacked him, but instead the quarterback kind of scrambled for you know a five yard gain or something like that. So um, I think all in all, it was it was an impressive day from the defense. It was a a low scoring game uh, early on. I think the offense kind of figured things out in the second half, but um, it was a zero zero game after the first quarter. So I, I want to attribute that personally to the defense. I think that they, they played really well and it was a little bit more of what we heard from the spring in the scrimmages early on that, um, the offense may not have looked great, but that's because the defense really was stepping up and really doing their job and, and learning the system that landing and Tosh LaPoya brought in here. So, um, Going away from from the spring game, I'm definitely encouraged with what I've seen from the defense so far and and think that can transition into something really impressive this fall. Hopefully, the Oregon Oregon Ducks really need that if they want to be successful. So, um, yeah, I think the the defense was definitely definitely a step in the right direction. All right, last thing I want to talk about. uh, Let's talk about Chris Hudson, actually. I know I have been 
a little bit tough on Hudson in the past. Uh, there's, you know, he's he's a really talented player. I don't think he's always played to his ceiling. I know that he's struggled with drops in the past. I know that he's, um, you know, not always been the the absolute best receiver. There's been some issues, um, but that's that's not really to take away from his talent. I think he's really good, and when you put him in the right spot, I think he can really succeed. But he was someone that you know I was told this off season was expected to enter the transfer portal. Um, I've we we were kind of waiting for most of the offseason for that news that Hudson was going to leave. He stuck around so far, and he said like you know. I want to battle it out and I want to get a starting spot on this team. And I still want to be in Eugene. He's someone who I thought was going to lose the job to Tess Johnson. Um, but so far he's been, he's been really impressive and he's, he's shown a lot on this offense and he showed a lot on Saturday. He was really, really good on Saturday. Hudson led all receivers with five catches for 143 yards and one touchdown. He should have had two touchdowns. He had a, a deep ball from, from Ty Thompson where, he caught it and ran, but he got tackled. I think it was probably at the the two or the three yard line. So, um, by all means, he should have had you know six catches for well, no five catches for 147 yards and two touchdowns. Not that that makes too much of a difference, but all in all, I was just impressed with what I saw from him. I think that he's really stepped up to the challenge this spring and and uh, shown a lot of fight and shown that he wants to be in Eugene and he wants to be a starting receiver for these guys and. Um, I was just, it was, it was impressive to see from him. It will be uh, interesting to watch going forward because there's, there's still a lot of pieces that need to be sorted out in this wide receiver room. You got the, the four guys that you feel really confident with and Troy Franklin, Trishon Holden, Chris Hudson, and Tez Johnson. You got a five-star wide receiver jury on Dickey arriving this summer. And then the ducks are also expected to add, you know, at least one, maybe two wide receivers via the transfer portal this off season. You've got USC transfer Gary Bryant uh, expected to announce over the next month or two, and the Ducks are currently favored to land him. You also have UTSA wide receiver Zachary Franklin, who was a former player for Will Stein down at UC- UTSA last year. Really, really incredibly talented wide receiver. He just entered the transfer portal, I believe it was yesterday or the day before, so I would be shocked if the Ducks are not at least reaching out to him, seeing if he wants to come up to Eugene, play for Will Stein again, and uh, kind of add to this offense. So um, it wouldn't be surprising to see if the Ducks do that because they want to get as much talent as they can. They want iron to sharpen iron. They want the best man to win in the competition for snaps and for targets and for that starting spot. So um, back to Hudson, just because he had this game and just because he's shown that he's capable of competing with these guys, that doesn't mean that a starting spot is his. That doesn't mean that he's going to be one of the leading receivers this year. He's going to have to continue to fight because they're they're bringing in more talent and there are a ton of talented guys in this room. So um, good on him to show what he can do. Good on him to keep fighting. Um, by no means does he need does he capable of stopping going forward because uh, it's it's not going to be an easy road to to get targets and be a, a big part of this offense like he wants to be. All in all, I think it was a really successful spring game. Um, I I was impressed by the fan turnout. They got very lucky with the weather and uh, how things played out there. It was blue skies and sunny, seventy five degrees, like I mentioned earlier. Um, and there was, like I said, there was a ton of recruits in town that got to, to watch the Oregon duck atmosphere and kind of experience what Austin stadium was like. And, um, I don't know that it's going to, you know, turn into 
Oregon Landing five or six commitments over these next 24, 48 hours. But Dan Landing told us last week, that's not this, what this was about. They were they were doing this for fan, for recruits to, you know, get the Austin experience and, and build the relationships. And, you know, they just wanted to get in these recruitments and, and show kids what they've got building up here in the Pacific Northwest. So um, all in all, really successful day. I just wanted to hop on to uh, to recap some of it tonight, give some of my initial thoughts again. I will be back on, uh, I believe, Tuesday morning is when we will release the next episode. I got a special guest coming on to to really give a deep dive into what he saw in the spring game and, and get through uh, some of what we'll what we expect to see this offseason. So thank you for tuning in. If you want to read all of our coverage for the spring game, we've got a ton of really, really great stuff up, including transcripts and players of the game and takeaways, all that on duckswire.usatoday.com. If you want to follow me on Twitter, you can at Zachary C. Neal. Um, again, I will talk to you guys on Tuesday morning. Thank you for tuning in. Until then, take it easy. <laughs>